Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shalook, Shalisten, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Shalook, Shalisten. Shalook, Shalisten. Shalook, Shalisten. Shalook, Shalisten. Shalook, Shalisten. Shalook, Shalisten. Very good, Benjamin. Benjamin, are you recording on your tool of mic? Oh, very good, Benjamin. Welcome back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to your Lux Listen, the bi-weekly comic book every week podcast. Benjamin, we're recording yeah. a little bit early this week. We're on Saturday morning. First of October, Michael. Happy so, Spookoween. Happy Spookoween, Benjamin. It's not that I'm going through some difficulties or, and we're recording early for that. It's that we're too excited <laughs> about the start of October. And we said, let's get the podcast in early. We couldn't resist, Michael. We couldn't, couldn't resist. Couldn't resist the spooky season, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of the spooky season. Oh, Shaluk. I've forgotten. I've forgotten <laughs> the conceit, Ben. Shaluk, Ben. Be- we don't have time for any of that because we have to look at Ben, the teaming up of the, the, the two second most popular characters in the Marvel Universe. We're also having a look at Armor Wars, Benjamin. Is it a movie? Is it a film? Is it the Inhumans? We're also having a look at two Spooky Halloween bloody anthologies on Netflix, the home of Spooky Halloween anthologies. We're having a look at the next episode of your favourite show, She-Hulk. And the two of us have seen one and or two episodes of Andor. Very clever, Michael. Should listen, if that wasn't enough, and it really isn't for a Spookoween weekly pop culture podcast, Michael, mm. we're also going to be taking a look. We're kicking off Spookoween this year, Michael. For anyone who's been with us before, they'll know we do a little we do a little monthly special here of horror based topics Ooh, for our Spookoweens. Um, and I say it's a tradition, Michael, but it isn't. We started it last year and now we're doing it again this year. That makes it a tradition, Ben. It makes it a tradition now. <laughs> it wasn't, though. Um, but, Michael, we're going to be taking a look at the dream zombie apocalypse. Oh, now, Michael, Michael, you've seen lists before where it's like, which apocalypse are you likely to survive in? But, yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah. we're doing the dream apocalypse. Which one's going to give you your best life oh, yeah, okay. in the apocalypse? Which one's going to fulfill all your dreams, Michael? Oh, I can't wait. That's what we're going to take a look at. Oh, very good. Very exciting. Benjamin. Very good. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you what. So here's what's happened. Go on. Marvel have said, Ryan Reynolds, please, we are just getting absolute shit canned here. You, yeah. for some reason, are bulletproof. What can you do for us to get the the fa- the, the neckbeards back on site? And Michael, the, the the answer is to piss all over James Mangold's achievement and um, <laughs> bring back a beloved character. Benjamin, everyone's always bringing back beloved characters. All they have to do is set it in the timeline before Logan. Yeah, that's all that has to be done there, Michael. That's, all, that's all they're going to do. Because if you remember, Ben, Logan was set in the future. It was, Michael. That's the clever thing. They gave themselves some rope. They gave themselves a bit of rope to dangle and to go, oh, we've got a bit of rope. So Logan is in the future, Ben. Logan was in 2029, I think. I couldn't tell you, Michael. I could also say, Michael. Go on. You could also say multiverse. Oh, oh, there's probably going to be. A, well, there has to be a multiverse, doesn't there, Ben? Because he's not in the regular yes. CU. Get out of here. He's not in the regular CU. He's not in the main CU as it was, Ben. Bloody see you next Tuesday, Michael. Oh, very good. I don't know if you can say that. That's very mean. I is it? Is the film coming out next Tuesday, Ben? No, I'm going to see you next Tuesday, Michael. Oh, for our we do other collecting podcast, issues, collecting issues yeah. the bi-weekly comic book book club. What did you think I meant? I thought you were calling me a cunt. All oh, right, <laughs> Benjamin. Um, what are we going to do about? Is 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 this going to be a Deadpool film or is it going to be a Wolverine film? It's going to be a Deadpool film, Michael. Um. It's going to be a Deadpool film, and it's going to have Wolverine in it. I think it could be a Wolverine and Deadpool film. <laughs> oh, I hope it's called Wolverine and Deadpool, not Deadpool and Wolverine. I also wonder, Michael, if it's going to be a bloody cameo. Are we just going to get a little Hugh Jackman cameo? It certainly doesn't seem that way, does it? No, they they seem to be billing this as something real special, Michael. I would say, Benjamin, that they know that Ryan Reynolds and his production team know how to placate fans. Oh, they do. And Nobody gone. services fans quite like Ryan. Yes, Ryan, service those fans, please. Would you please go They're and service them? very angsty. Please, Ryan, they don't like She-Hulk. They don't like Miss Marvel. They don't like Captain Marvel. They didn't even like bloody that last one, Thor. There's too many women in it. Thor, there's too many women in it, I think it was called. 
So <laughs> Yes, that was precisely what it was called. What can you do for us in terms of getting a very muscular man back on site? And he said, Oh, I'll get Hugh Jacked Man. I'll get I'll get Huge Jacked Man mm-hmm. uh, look, back on site. Yeah, it's good. Alright, fair enough. Yeah, I think it would have been I think it would have been pant wettingly exciting if we hadn't already had Professor X and yeah. You know, I think Mountains of Madness or whatever it was called, um, which is now apparently what I call that film, Mountains of Madness or whatever it was called. Why not? Yeah, it, that has, um, and to some extent, She-Hulk has taken, they've, they've kind of somewhat taken the wind out of the sails of introducing mutants to the MCU. Yeah, they just seem to be taking the mick. A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. So Mm. who knows how this is going to happen? It was already a big question of how they were going to introduce Deadpool. Yeah, how is he going to pop up? How is he going to even pop up? So now now it's Deadpool and Wolverine. I mean, Deadpool can pop up wherever he wants. Do you know what I mean? He's a fourth wall breaking nut job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I assume Benjamin... There'll be some sort of throwaway line at the beginning that he walks through a portal or something. He goes, oh, well, I'm in a new dimension now. Yeah. And then that'll be it. That's that's how much they'll address it. That'll be how that goes. Yeah. And that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And we won't complain. Some people will, but we won't. One of the the interesting ripples that came out of that, Michael, is Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I've heard of him, yeah. Famous for playing Titanium Lad. Yeah. He sent out a little tweet, Michael, oh, in response to the trailer, and he said, hmm, coming back from the dead, neat trick, might be fun to try. Oh, fucking hell. And then he deleted it, Michael, oh. about an hour later. Oh, very exciting Twitter gossip, Ben. That's some Isn't of the that most, interesting? That's some Isn't of the most exciting Twitter gossip. I mean... Isn't that exciting? Wouldn't it be lovely for Robert Downey Jr. after, like, single-handedly... Let's, you, might, you might as well do a bit of revisionist history. After single-handedly creating the success of the MCU, to now come back and fix it. Single-handedly launching the success of the yeah. MCU, I don't think. I, mean, no, I think no, John Favreau deserves a lot more credit there. No, no, there no, no. I, I, I'm Marvel pretty sure it was Robert Downey Jr., Ben, who did everything. I don't think it was. The whole thing was his idea. He, it was his idea for Stan Lee's parents to have a big sex. And then make a make a comic book empire that was failing and then suddenly wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every step mm. along the way, it was Robert Downey Jr. People said it was Mephisto, but it wasn't. It was Robert Downey Jr. Real game of chess going on there, Michael. He's Real playing the chess. long game, Benjamin. Have you ever heard of the mutant N. Sabah Noor? <laughs> yes, Michael. That's actually Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I see, Michael. Speaking of men in tin suits, Michael. Very good, yeah. Come here to me. Yeah. Do you know what I don't get enough of? TV series that used to be movies. Yeah, exactly, Michael. I just feel like the world could use a few more TV series that used to be movies. Or movies that used to be TV series. No, I don't want those. Those sound bad. Oh, no, okay. Benjamin, you're not going to be best pleased then with the news about Marvel's Armor Wars. Yeah, okay. It's going to be a film now, apparently. (laughs) It's going to be a film now, Michael. Why not? Why fucking not, not? as they say, Ben? Why not? I feel like they missed a beat anyway, where they were introducing, you know, because Marvel... Is all about the diversity and inclusion these days, Michael. I feel like they missed a beat with like, oh, we've already got a black Iron Man. Oh, we forgot. Oh, we forgot about him. Oh, we, <laughs> we forgot, forgot about, about Don Cheadle again. Oh, it's when they go. Arguably, on. that's a real jip because Don Cheadle is great. Yeah, yeah. They do a every time they go on a press tour and they forget to bring Don Cheadle and they do a big Kevin from Home Alone and go, oh, Don Cheadle, we left him at home. <laughs> and then bloody. Kevin Feige ends up in a bloody the back of a, a truck with John Candy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Benjamin, the corpse of John Candy. I have decided to start the rumor that Terence Howard is going to be in it. Uh, Would you like to join me in starting that rumor? We'll just start. It yeah. Now. So, Michael, uh, shocking news yeah. um, from our Marvel insider, Michael. Yeah. Um, who who we can't name for you know for secrecy reasons. Yeah, yeah and because um, he's made but up. apparently, Michael, apparently, yeah. It's going to be a multiverse-based oh. biopic oh. where we find out how how there were two roadies oh, all along good. and one was replaced by multiverse. Yeah, Doctor Strange is going to be in it. Oh, very good. Very exciting. The Don Cheadle one's going to turn out to be a scroll, and the Terrence Howard one is going to be like, how did no one notice? And then we'll realise that America is systemically racist and that white people can't actually tell black people apart because they're racist. Oh, it's because they're racist. I thought it was some way related to your female face blindness. 
But, um, it's just general face blindness, Michael, <laughs> but thank you for gendering it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Benjamin, look, sure, listen, if, if anything, all this proves is that they're, they're, they were, the success of the whole thing and the, the, what they managed to get away with was a unique thing because it's becoming more and more like DC every day. It's it's a bit bloated. A little bit bloated, Benjamin. It's a little bit bloated. I mean, this was always going to happen, Michael. It, and I, I'm I'm aware that we're in danger of becoming a podcast that moans about the MCU an awful lot. Yes, but Benjamin, um, we're also six years older than when we started this. And when we started this was already well into the MCU. So there might become a phase where, you know, it's not really for us anymore. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a very good argument, Michael. I think you know, arguably, two white men doing a podcast isn't the target demographic of Marvel. Yes, it is. One hundred percent is Ben. Of course, it is. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. That is literally the exact reason that those movies exist. Yeah, all right. Maybe not. Fair. Maybe not anymore. But that's what I mean. In a modern demographic, it's not for us. Maybe, or maybe, um, maybe they don't know. Maybe they're. Oh. Go on. Or Michael, something that I'm coming around to, which I which I really detest, um, you know, is that you might be right, and what they've done is they've shifted away from actual storytelling to politicking. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think across which, the board, but yes, a little bit. There's a lot of pandering going on, Michael, and it's very interesting. And I I, I use that very carefully because. It's almost at this point representation for representation's sake. Oh, Benjamin. Oh, you see, that's much worse than anything I've ever said. I know. We're, we're teetering. I know. This is tricky. So what I mean by that is, and I, maybe representation is the wrong word, Michael, but they're almost shoving in, you know, it's like, remember when we started watching Stranger Things and we went, oh, this is just nostalgia porn. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the aim is to get as many references to the 80s in there as possible and that becomes your your pop culture coinage mm-hmm. or your pop culture currency, right? Yes. And certain things do that very well where they reference nostalgia and we go, oh, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, smoking and in McDonald's. And inevitably, as that continues, we get bloat because people latch onto the idea and it's like, oh, people want the 80s. And they, they pump it in and they're like, why did nobody like that? It's like, because you overdid it. Yeah, yeah. You overdid it. Also. You gave us too much. Also, it's only natural that things which become good and popular are well written. And then yes. as you get more and more people writing them, you're inevitably going to have people going, well, I'm not very good at writing, but I know what's popular. And I think that's the secret. So I think where we had nostalgia kind of, you know, nostalgia focused storytelling maybe five years ago, we've now entered into politics currency or you know soundbite currency or something like this where you're just throwing out ideologies and hoping to resonate with the right amount of people to if to that makes sense enough people to make money ben because at the end of the day they are massive corporations who but that's the secret isn't it like i mean we can sit here all day and be like why don't they care they do care they just care about money yeah yeah that's my secret cap i always want that's, money i always want money <laughs> exactly anyway look benjamin it's not a good sign because when, when things like that happened, the last time something which you wanted to be a movie became a TV series and then a movie again and then a TV series, it was The Beautiful and Dreaded Inhumans. Uh, so, you know, doesn't fill uh, me with confidence. Uh, Benjamin, it's one of the spookiest things that's happening in Spooktober, except for all of the various spooky <laughs> anthologies on Netflix. Yes, Michael. So we're getting two... Um, well, I think one is an anthology and one is a series, just a regular run-of-the-mill series. But it looks like... Uh, we're not really sure, Michael. The first one we're going to take a look at today is The Midnight Club. Oh, The Midnight Club. What's going on at midnight? Uh, <laughs> they're having a club, apparently. So uh, the, the Midnight Club is an interesting one, Michael. Um, this book was first published in 1994. Right, right. It's yeah. based on a book. Um, by a young man called Christopher Pike. Christopher is it? Christopher Pike wrote this book, yes. Is that not the captain from Star Trek? Uh, no, that's something else, Pike, I think. Isn't it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Anyway, tell us more about the Midnight know. Club. So the Midnight Club, Michael. Yes. Rotterdam Home yes. is where it's set. A hospice where teenagers with terminal illnesses went to die. Oh, very exciting. 
Jesus Christ, okay? Yes, my child. Five young men and women who met at midnight and told stories of intrigue and horror. One night they made a pact uh, that the first of them to die would make every effort to contact the others. Oh, it's From beyond sort of, the grave. It's coming back as some sort of gust. Yeah, so I think we probably got hints of anthology here, Michael. We got the trailer for it two weeks ago and we didn't talk about it, Michael. Because we were not spooked enough. It was too early. Because bloody, it bloody, it wasn't, it's not Spooktember. It's not Spooktember, Ben, even though that's better. <laughs> Spooktember is arguably slightly better, but it's bloody Spooktober. Yes. And now we're here, Michael. Um, Michael, it stars a young Irish woman. There's an Irish woman's spouse. Irish woman's spouse, Ben. As you know, we love supporting the old Irish people when they're on fiction. Yeah. Ruth Cobb is in there. So she's, she was a little TikTok star in the, in the early days of the pandemic. And she got hired on to do bloody Benjamin. Midnight Club. I'm going to need you Netflix. to get all the way up out of here. Yeah. No there way. You there you go. A, tick, a young one off a of TikTok is on a Mike Flanagan show. Yeah, is on a Mike Flanagan show, Michael. I tell you what, it looks bloody unnerving as a show, doesn't it? It looks very creepy. Yeah. Very spooky. Mm, mm. Benjamin, I think I read something where Mike Flanagan said there were some lessons learned from Midnight Mass. And this is going to be a little bit less drama-y and a little bit more frightening. I think but Midnight Mass is very good, no? Did people not like Midnight Mass? Midnight Mass was very, very good. Was it a very good horror? I don't know. No. Uh, as okay. a horror, it was easily the least frightening of any of the Mike Flanagan shows. Mike Flanagan's fucking great, though, isn't he? He makes good stuff. He's doing good stuff so far, Benjamin, I have to say. I thoroughly enjoyed There's a Ghost in My House, and there's even more ghosts <laughs> in this English house. <laughs> oh, the English house has even more ghosts. There's oh, even no. more ghosts in it. Um... And I, I very much enjoyed Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass was actually my first one because I'd somehow avoided the Mike Flanagan parade. I so, don't know how you avoided the Mike Flanagan hype train, Michael. I don't know how I avoided it, Ben. I'd, horror, for whatever reason, despite being quite a big horror fan, I watched... Um, I watched, You know what I did, Benjamin? Here's a little story for you. I watched um, Event Horizon again the other night. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? I need a bit of a spooky spaceship. But anyway, that's apropos. Is that Sam Neill? That's the one with Sam Neill in it, Ben, where he's going, oh, oh, I don't have any more spooky. eyes. Uh, very spooky uh, um, but yeah I don't know what it is but I don't think horror gets advertised to me why Why do you think that is Michael is I it because you're a gentle soul deep down I don't know what it is I don't know it's like the, I don't know how the Netflix algorithm works maybe it's because I share an account with my lady friend and it would rather advertise Bridgerton season 2 to me than the latest horror film perhaps that perhaps yeah, yeah, Mayhaps yeah. that yeah, might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, that might. Ah, very good. You've done a, a ye old timey. Benjamin. Yes. Look, I'll give it a watch. When is it coming out? It's coming out next week or the week after? Coming out next week or the week after, Michael. Which, in my opinion. Yes. Is a little bit early for ben- a spooky horror. Benjamin. Would you take a look at the old Netflix there for a second? And one of the things you'll see is Hocus Pocus 2. It's uh, Disney Plus, Michael. But yes, yeah. I just call. I just call anything on the computer Netflix, Ben. That was released on the 29th of September, Michael. That's not even October, Ben. That's Spooktember. It's a bloody lie, Michael. <laughs> Have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen it either, Ben. It is far too early in the spooky season to be watching Hocus Pocus two. Do, do you know what I also haven't seen though? Go on. Is any kind of review or rave or tweets I haven't, I haven't seen anything about it Michael you know what you're right I haven't seen anything either I haven't seen anyone review it either positively or negatively and that's that's weird to me mm. where are the reviews Michael where are the reviews where's the hype where's the hype train mm. Mm. maybe the power of nostalgia Ben isn't quite as strong as we think it is perhaps Michael the curse of nostalgia has been lifted <laughs> very good <laughs> maybe yes. we're only going to get new stuff from now on Oh, that'd be that'd be unique and never going to happen. Oh yeah, um, no, well, yeah. There's not that many. Ideas. But anyway, Michael. Oh yeah, come what, here to me. What is it? What come are you talking about? What is it? What do you want to talk about? Midnight Club looks pretty damn spooky. But Michael, a trailer dropped yesterday. Oh. Yeah, and it's bloody Guillermo del Toro, Michael. Oh, GDT. GDT, the man who's famous, Michael, for a physical effect for a creepy physical monster. You're thinking of John Carpenter. I'm thinking of John Carpenter, but also Guillermo del Toro, who's very famous for that as well. (laughs) He likes a practical effect. But come here to me. Yes. He's only going to drop the trailer for Cabinet of Curiosities in full, Michael. I don't know what that is. Please tell me what it is. I'm starting to panic. 
So Cabinet of Curiosities, Michael, is very much an anthology series. So Midnight Club has touches of anthology about it. Right, but right, 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 right. Cabinet of Curiosities is a series of uh, unique little episodes, Michael. Um, and we've gotten we've gotten all the titles for them now, so we, we know how they're going. Benjamin, I'm just going to have uh, to take issue with the way you're pronouncing Cabinet. Cabinet. Cabinet, exactly. That's much better. Cabinet. That's much better. Is that better? That's much better. So tis, tis a Cabinet of Curiosities. Much better now indeed altogether. Right, so when we watch Cabinet of Curiosities, That's very good. Um, we're going to get a few different things. So Michael, apparently yeah. it's dropping episode by episode from the 25th up to the 28th. We're getting two episodes a day. That's much better. It's good, isn't it? It's a good little drip feed. That's mm. the way to give me a spook. Just before Halloween, yeah. What's that on? Yeah. Is that Netflix? That's on Netflix. Oh, Netflix is having a bit of a resurgence for Halloween, aren't they? Between this and that. <laughs> They're giving it a damn good try, Michael. And, Michael, what an unnerving bloody trailer. Oh, go on. There looks to be some Lovecraftian horror, some psychological horror, some timey-wimey horror. Oh, is anyone uh, on a spaceship? Oh, I, I'd, I'd say there's probably a spaceship in there somewhere. Oh, that sounds like you don't know and you're just trying to placate me. I am. It, it's true. I don't know and I am just trying to placate you. But come here to me, Michael. Yeah. Do you hear the, the cast of some of these, right? Benjamin, I'd love so, to hear the cast. Who's in it? We're getting Lot 36 is one of the episodes. That's one of the first episodes we're going to get. Bloody Tim Blake Nelson is in there. The leader, Ben. Yes, the leader, Michael, who's apparently coming back. He's coming back. Uh, he was also in that show Chaos about spies yeah. for one season. <laughs> Chaos about spies for one season. Yeah. Um, then we have another one called Graveyard Rats, Michael. Oh, what's that about rats, most likely? It's about rats. <laughs> it's about rats. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, who's up in um, that one? Well, we don't have the full cast for that one, unfortunately, Michael. But David Hewlett is one of the people in it. That, I know that name. Who's that? David Hewlett, the man off the bloody Stargates. He's Dr. Rodney McKay in oh, Stargate. Oh, Dr. Rodney McKay in Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. He's from Canada. Um, so he's in there. Uh, then we get bloody The Outside, Michael, on the 26th of October. And that's got Dan Stevens and Kate Micucci. Oh, they're two good actors. And noted freaks and geek star, Martin Starr. Oh, so Dan Stevens is going to be with some weird looking fellas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think the whole point is that Dan Stevens is very good looking in, he's, in he's turn. A, he's a handsome fella. Then we're getting the autopsy, Michael, on October 26th. And that's got F. Murray Abraham in it, Michael. Oh, very good. Very famous. F. Murray Abraham. Luke Roberts, who I think you probably know. Oh, it doesn't ring a bell. All right. Why would good. I know him? Is he, is he from Tala? Uh, yeah, he lives next to you there. Is that what you're saying? He owns Garth Ennis the cat. How oh, does he? Bring yeah, that's that guy him. in. Get him spayed. Jesus Christ. Get him spayed. He's, he's, he's out there on, fucking riding on the windows. He's pissing on my rhododendrons every fucking day. <laughs> rhododendrons. Get out of here. And then Michael... Benjamin, who is he? Who is the other fella? Oh, Luke Roberts was in uh, Black Sails. He was in Holby City, Michael. Oh, one of my favourites, yeah. <laughs> one of your favourites. Yeah, I love Holby City. And he was in Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, but only for one episode. He was Arthur Dane. Sir Arthur Dane. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, we had all those. But, Michael, where it gets real creepy is they only got, they've only gone and gotten Crispin Glover. Oh, well, Crispy Gloves himself. Yeah, old Crispy Gloves. And he's going to be in uh, Pickman's Model with Ben Barnes. Oh. Not handsome Englishman, oh, Ben yeah, Barnes. Oh, yeah, Ben Barnes from, um, from should have been a superstar but never really caught on. That'll be very confusing for me, Michael, because I often have face blindness when it comes to Dan Stevens and Rupert Byrne or and uh, Ben Barnes. Yeah, I yeah. can't, uh, I can't distinguish between the pair of them. Yeah, your audio just changed there for some reason. Oh, good. That's always good, isn't it? Yeah, it's give, always good. Give, well, give we'll hope for worry. consistency. We'll, we'll we'll pray for consistency there, Michael. Um, then we're getting Rupert Grint, him off the Hogwarts. Oh, he was off Hogwarts. He's the the ugly ginger fella. He's going to be in Dreams in the Witch House. Oh, yeah. Which sounds very spooky, Michael. Um, then we have uh, Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead. Michael. Oh, he's from The Walking Dead. He's not even really American. He's going to be in The Bloody Murmuring, is what it's called. Not The Bloody Murmuring, just The Murmuring. Just The Murmuring. I hope he stands inside a door and holds up a sign explaining how much he loves someone. Me too. Me too. And then silently says it so that the husband never realises that both his wife and his best pal would run off together had they the chance. Yeah. 
That's not good. Very message. bad. That's not a good message for Very him. bad message. Very lucky Chewie told you Jafer didn't kill them with a sword. That's not, yeah, very, very lucky. And then, Michael, most importantly of all, we get a final episode with Robert Weller and Eric Andre. Who are either of those people? You know who, oh, sorry, Peter Weller, Michael. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Peter Weller. <laughs> Him off um, the Robocop. He's Robocop. Yeah, I know who Peter Weller is. Yeah. I don't so know that's the Cabinet of Curiosities, Michael. It's very spooky looking. Is it very spooky um, and frightening? There's 1940s looking horrors. There's M.R. James Victorian style horrors. There's cosmic horrors by the looks of things. Oh. Benjamin, speaking of yeah. uh, Halloween horror and upcoming things, our man on the inside, Benjamin, who I'm not saying is or isn't real, has come back mm-hmm. and said, apparently, early reactions to Werewolf by Night incredible oh good the best we'd thing, like that wouldn't we the best thing they've ever done the best thing they've ever done yeah now I, I don't know who saw it maybe our werewolf saw it it's like yeah. finally a bit of werewolf representation, representation. <laughs> <laughs> finally a bit of lycanthropy up on to. screen <laughs> and he was like this is finally, amazing a realistic depiction of my struggle yeah yeah I couldn't relate to any of the other characters because they weren't werewolves. Because they, because they notably weren't werewolves. But now we're um, fucking flying. That'll be interesting, Michael. We're going to have to do a little Spookoween watch. We're going to have to do a little marathon. Oh, Strap ben, in look, Midnight gonna Club be, and Cabinet of Curiosities. We're going to be fucking balls deep in spooky shit for the next couple of days. <laughs> Just get that on a t-shirt. Balls deep in balls spooky, deep shit. spooky shit. Welcome to a Spooktober, Benjamin. It's going to be non-stop. I'm also very excited, Benjamin, to see a new movie which oh what's the new movie we haven't we haven't put on the list Benjamin but it's the new movie Smile Michael we didn't put that on the list you can't bring up things that come on the list Smile looks to be horrific what's going on in that tell me because I haven't even seen the trailer uh, just Smile is about it. a weird curse by the looks of things Michael it's what it's about a weird curse oh yeah Um. so apparently what happens is the curse finds you and then everyone around you begins to kind of uh, demonstrate this manic smile, Michael. Oh, yeah. But it's it's unclear to us whether or not it's actually affecting reality, which I don't think it is. I think it's just affecting the person who has the curse. Um, and then the people in their life adopt this ghastly smile, Michael. Um, and you slowly go mad. So it's got, a, it's got a little touch of that. I don't... Now, I've only seen the trailer, Michael. Michael, you always have that smile on your face. That's not unnerving to me at all. That's your I'm excited about a movie face. I can't hold it and talk. No, it's very painful. Um, Michael's done with CGI in the trailer, so you can just let it go if you want. Um, And, uh, Michael, it's very interesting looking. I I have to admit, they they got me real good, Michael, with the jump scare of the sentry at the end of the trailer. Um, So... What they do is, they're a big fan, Michael, as you might guess from someone who looks normal one minute and then has a big spooky face on them. There's a lot of jump scares in the trailer, <laughs> as you might have guessed. As you might have guessed. Okay, it's like, is it normal? Is it spooky? Oh, it's, it's, it's spooky. Um, but, Michael, at the end, they got me damn good because what happens is a woman comes out to a car to speak to the main character who's suffering from the smile curse. Yes. And she, say, she says, I, I won't look, I won't look, I won't look. And the woman's kind of psyching herself up. And the woman's knocking, walking up to the car normally because it's normal for her. Um, and then all of a sudden, Michael, it's brilliant. I thought she was going to lean down and she'd have a spooky face. No, her head detaches and swings as if it's been snapped. Oh, gross. And it's upside down and very spooky. Horrific, Michael. Gross, I don't Horrific. like it. Um, so yeah, we got the trailer for that, Michael. And I tell you what, there was a bit of marketing genius during the week. Did you see this? Go on. Michael, this week a trailer dropped on YouTube called Justin Long's New Movie. Oh yeah, Justin Long's new movie. Justin Long's new movie. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Is he a walrus or something? Very clever, Michael. So what happens is we get Justin Long's new movie. And then it's it's set very upbeat, Michael. Okay, very upbeat. Guy having the time of his life. Justin Long, right, the in actor a car. Justin Long. On the highway, Justin Long, yeah, Justin Long. And Michael, then it says, it begins to give you the credits of who's produced this movie from the guys who brought you the Lego movie, and you go, oh, it's going to be a little bit of a comedy romp. Oh, very okay. Good. Lord and Miller. A comedy romp. From the guys who brought you um, bloody Alvin and the Chipmunks, and you go, oh, very good. Uh, probably going to be maybe a kid's film, maybe a kid's film, mm. a little bit of a romp, some jokes for the adults, some fun times for the kids, and you're like, okay, Justin Long's in a new movie, trying to reboot the career after Tusk. Tusk, yeah, and. Um... Michael. 
And you say to yourself, oh, great, cool, I'm going to enjoy this. And then we find out, Michael, that poor L. Justin Long isn't having a great time. Oh, no. The actor Justin and then Long. We notice, and then we notice, Michael, that his name is Aiden in this film. We go, hang on a minute, this isn't, I thought this was going to be a, a kind of a Nicolas Cage, the unbearable weight of fame kind of film. Yeah. I thought it was going to be the actor playing the actor. It isn't, Michael. And he has to go to Detroit, Michael, to liquidate some property. And then, Michael, he goes into the house that he owns and he rings his realtor and says, is somebody living here? And the realtor is very cagey, Michael, and she says, no, there's nobody in the house at the moment. No, 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 bye, bye, bye. And she hangs up the phone, Michael. Benjamin, I'm spooked yes. as shit just from this description. And Michael, he goes, he hears something in the basement. Uh-oh. Michael. What is it? And then he walks to the basement and he looks into the pitch black. And then all of a sudden, the next one says, from the guys that brought you it. Oh, no. And then we hear a bloody thud, thud, thud as something sprints up the stairs towards him. Michael, terrifying shit. <laughs> very exciting. And this is for the new film Barbarian. And it was a little bit of guerrilla marketing for the new horror film Barbarian. Oh, so it's not actually called Justin Long's new film? No, but they dropped it as that on, on YouTube. Very That's good. Very good and very clever. What's Barbarian then? Uh, Barbarian is a little horror film. It's kind of a... Um, it's, it's, it's a humans are the most terrifying kind of thing vibe, mm. I'm guessing. Um, I can't go see it, Michael. I'll wet myself. Yes, because um, you're in continents. We can get you some incontinence pads. No, it's the it's the the horror, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it'll still sop it up. We can get you some tenor, la- not tenor lady, Benna lady. Benna lady will sort me out. But Michael, it's a, it's a very classic looking thing. So a, a young woman discovers the rental home she booked is already occupied by a stranger. Against her better judgment, she decides to spend the night. But soon discovers there's a lot more to fear than just an unexpected house guest. Uh oh! <laughs> Except this time it's not a young woman. It's the actor Justin Long. In in the first instance, it was the actor Justin Long. So I think I, the actor Justin gets ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Michael, is this is this a remake, Ben, or is this new? I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay, all right. I couldn't. Look, t- I'm afraid I don't have that available to me. That's very exciting stuff. And I will, uh, look, Ben, I love Spooktober. It has a very classic horror poster, Michael. Look at that. Just give me a look at it. Look at that film. Oh my god. Oh, so it's Justin Long going to get killed in the beginning? Like, uh... I, th- I I think it's probably a Justin Long cameo. They've killed Justin Long off in the... They've taken the scream twist of having... Um, what was her name again? Drew Barrymore. Prominent... Getting on, rid of her in the first five minutes. Getting rid of her in the first five minutes by getting rid of Justin Long in the trailer. <laughs> just, that is It's just meta, all about efficiency in Hollywood these days. Meta as shit, Benjamin. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, that's what we got. To, it, it looks scary as fuck, Michael, to be honest. I... I uh, I'm very uncomfortable with it. I hate it. There's nothing I hate more, Michael, than uh, humans are the real monsters. Oh, except monsters are the real monsters. Sometimes that's bad. Have you ever seen um, Event Horizon? <laughs> yeah, Michael. It's like, that shit's horrific. I don't have any more eyes, I swear. But, <laughs> ah. The good news is, Michael, you've watched that very timely for next week's episode, where we're going to be talking about the best modern kind of Lovecraftian adaptations. Oh, I better shut up then about uh, about that. Yeah, stop stop bringing up Event Horizon. Oh, stop bringing up Event Horizon. Ben, I watched Event Horizon and I really like it. It's one of my favourites. It's one of your favourites. Anyway, Michael, come here to me. I can't even remember what's next on that list. I have a list here, Ben, and I'll summon it forth for us and we'll we'll see what's going on. Uh, this is great. Oh, yeah, podcasting. yeah, no, great podcasting. <laughs> Benjamin, speaking of modern abominations, have you seen um, oh. Have you seen the TV show She-Hulk? So, Michael, we got, we got episode six of She-Hulk this week. And seven? Se- seven? I think it was seven. That was a very Matt Berry-esque uh, questioning of my Thank my you. logic. Thank you very much. Michael, I, I'm i very conflicted on this week's episode. Me too. Yeah, because nothing happened. Well, one thing happened, but it wasn't yeah. as shocking as the writers thought it was. So it, it turns out Josh, the man who we knew was a plant yeah. from the very beginning, was a dickbag. Oh yeah, you thought he was an actual plant though. You were like, he's going to be some sort of uh, arboreal man. Yeah, but he was okay. So I got that wrong. You got that right. wrong. He's I got a different that wrong. Type of plant. He was a different type of plant, Michael. Um, and we we kind of guessed that, right? We knew that from the second it happened. Josh wasn't. He, he's too perfect, Michael. And if there's any nice men in the, the <laughs> She-Hulk universe, yeah, yeah. No. get them out of there. Yeah, nice men are probably just more <laughs> handsome incels. It's and that's exactly what it seems to be. Which, Ben, funnily um, enough, was actually one of the names we considered for this podcast. Yeah, um, more handsome insults. That would have been a great name for this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but with a question mark. Um, yeah, that would have been that would have been a great name for this. But we should have rebranded that. Yeah, yeah, Ben. I don't know if insults was a popular term when we started this podcast, so it would have uh, it might not have flown. 
I can't remember. But Michael, what we what we get in this is a very interesting look at men in general. Men in general, yeah. I <laughs> Go on. Arguably, Jennifer Walters is more supported by the group of men that we meet in this episode than she has been by any other character mm. in the entire show. I mean, Definitely the best person. The best person in this series is Emil Blonsky. <laughs> Emil Blonsky is a good man. He's the best person in it. He just wants to help people and he's doing, he seems to be doing it. We're probably going to get that rug pulled out from under us towards the end there. Yeah, um, I mean, I hope so. Because... I don't. I kind of like Emil Blonsky, weird therapist and abomination. <laughs> I hope we do, to be honest, because as much as... The Josh surprise wasn't a surprise. The most telegraphed thing in one of the most telegraphed history. Thing. But we we have forgotten one of the things we've forgotten with this show is sometimes you just have to trust the writers and and let's and let's see the whole thing before we judge it so harshly on bad writing. Um, something that jumps out to me, Ben, is uh, Lord, uh, Rings of Power. Have you been watching Rings Go of on. Power? I haven't. One of I've the, avoided it on the principle of avoiding Irish racism. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. And, and a right and justifiable reason not to watch it. But one of people's biggest complaints about it is that Galadriel is an absolute dick bag. She's an absolute bag of dicks. Right, go on, explain. She's uh, proud, arrogant, demanding, obnoxious, um, mm-hmm. difficult, everything. She's just terrible. She's a terrible person. Okay. And... The the funny thing is, Tolkien's writing, original writing, kind of maybe implies that she was a bit like that in her youth. As as people are wont to be, my some, the arrogance of youth. Are. But because, again, it, it goes back to the arguments about troll baiting and fan baiting and um, what is the point of making things. People have assumed that this is bad writing and that and that Galadriel is supposed to be a girl boss. And we're yes. supposed to really dislike these, or sorry, we're supposed to really like these things about her because she's, okay. you know, she's a girl getting things done. I see. Um, my feeling is that we're not supposed to like it. We actually are supposed to think she's a bit of a dick. Is she going to get her comeuppance? I mean, there was such a thing back in the day, Michael, as a, as a real cathartic kind of writing process where you'd, you'd watch the Wheel of Fortune turn yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So if you started on top, you'd end up at the bottom at some point, and then you'd have to fight your way back to the top. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. You know, a traditional. But, it's what we in the biz call an arc. <laughs> but exactly. But reactions to Rings of Power are all kind of assuming this is where she's going to start and where she's going to finish. Now, you could argue, and you, you may be right or wrong on it, but you could argue modern media has probably given people that worry. Absolutely, I, I think. Yeah. But anyway, Ben, sorry, look, um, I know you're going to say something deeply interesting about that, but I'm, I'm going to cut you short there because we're not talking about Rings of Power. Because my point about Rings of Power is we don't fucking know. Um, we won't know until this series ends if Galadriel's going to have some sort of humbling or revelation that changes her character and gives her an arc. Or is the character we're being presented with this obnoxious hashtag girl boss? Is, a big bag of dicks. Is she just a big bag of dicks that we're supposed to be cheering for? Mm. And we don't know that. We won't know that until the season is over. And we won't know that with She-Hulk either, Michael. And bringing that back to She-Hulk, that's what, that was my point about She-Hulk. We've, we've forgotten to trust the writers and let the story play out before complaining about characters. And I don't mean we as in you and I. I mean we as in mass amateur criticism. Well, I think we'd be. I think we'd be fairly justified in saying we here, Michael. We there have been some episodes where we're just like, no, ah, no, no, don't like no. it. Jennifer's terrible. Jennifer is terrible. Um, Jennifer is terrible. Jennifer is arguably very well played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting character. Terrible. Terrible person. Um, if anything, something that I thought was very, very interesting, Michael, is. It almost seems at this point in the She-Hulk film that it's female problems written by a man. <laughs> does, does that make sense? I thought, like, uh, well, maybe in a way, because I thought the whole ghosting thing was quite quite good and quite well done. Yeah, I think it's a very, like, I, I think this episode is interesting in that nothing happened again. Mm. It, so much as, as what we've come to expect from a Disney TV show or something like that. Yeah, go on. 
But what we also got was a very realistic depiction of someone being like, you going to text me? You going to... Yeah, I, I thought that was great. And I thought Tatiana Maslany really carried it. And the way she was checking... Tatiana, Tatiana Maslany nails this character. What she has been given, she does very well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very good. She's really good. And, you know, I think it should have been obvious. It, it should have been obvious to everyone because that Josh guy was so handsome and Tatiana Maslany is such a gross little troll lady. So it should have been... By, in, in, not in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yes. that's what the story we're being for, told. For the purposes of the story. I, I think that's one of the most unbelievable things about the show. <laughs> they keep brilliant. being like, no one wants Jennifer Walters. And like, what? Are you blind? Yeah, yeah, no, like, she's a gross little troll lady. She's hideous. She's a very successful female lawyer. Yeah. She's, <laughs> no, yeah, no, she's hideous, Ben. She's gross and horrible. That's, and uh, it's such a weird conceit to be yeah. like, God, no one will want to be with me. And she's like, you're perfectly attractive, Tatiana yeah. Maslany. What no, are you talking no, about? Gross and horrible little little goblin. More goblin than woman in many ways. Benjamin. That's terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, a couple of the characters there... What, another thing about it, Ben, and I think this is the thing that is annoying people, is it is, um, it's just introducing superpowered people left, right, and center. But that that kind of makes sense if you're a comic book fan, because when you when you get down to brass tacks, Michael, on the the economy of scale on a bloody superhero universe, fucking disastrous. Go on. There's people getting superpowers left, right, and center, well, and some of them are going to be. Some of them are going to be superheroes. Some of them aren't going to want their superpowers. Some of them are going to be bloody influencers. And it's a very realistic look at what you would get. Like, Titania is nothing like her comic book uh, counterpart. No, no, no. She's not. In the comic book, she's not just a very strong criminal lady. Yeah. But she's a very irritating character. And she's supposed to be. She's written in, in that style. But it's very interesting, Michael, to see... You know what? A, what an influencer who was chasing clout all the time would do if they had superpowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'd be a dickbag. An absolute dickbag, Benjamin. All I really want is for this to be over, so that we can judge it fairly. <laughs> uh, one of the, one of the things that I think is very unfair, Michael, and one of the things that I saw is um, we got a we got a clip of of Charlie Cox discussing his time on the show. Oh, very good. Okay. Recently, and he he mentioned that you know there was a lot more opportunity for levity in this series than there was in the original Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. And the, the comments, Michael. I've been in a cesspool again. I'm Get sorry. Out of it. I've been swimming yeah. around the cesspool. Um, but this really resonates with me based on what you've said. So I'm having a nice reaction to what you've said. Okay. Good. Ben reacts. And it is. Segment. Everyone is like that man looks like he's come back from the war. You know that man looks like he's really had to struggle through something. And I was like, you don't know that. You don't like Could be acting. The, there was nothing in the thing that makes it look like he was having a difficult time discussing the show. He was discussing the very strong differences between She-Hulk's tone and the Netflix Daredevil tone. And the Netflix Daredevil tone, occasionally you've already been blinded by the light there. The sun is in my eyes, Ben. <laughs> it's so early. <laughs> it, so, you know, arguably, Michael, what we could say is... You know, the, obviously there's a difference in tone between Netflix's Daredevil and She-Hulk. Massive leap. But the internet was just like, oh, it's going to be awful. That poor man's been through so much. And I'm like, no, he hasn't. He's collected a paycheck as a jobbing actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what probably, do you want? Probably not a great paycheck, too. Yeah. If Disney were to be, if He's Disney trying to get just, his next Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do. Do me a Daredevil movie. Bring back my friend Foggy Nelson. Get him in there. Apparently he where's, is back, Where's Paige? bloody Karen Page? Get Karen Page back. She's too busy doing a Dungeons and Dragons bit. A Dungeons and Dragons. She doesn't have any time. She's too busy doing Dungeons and Dragons. Benjamin. Yeah. Um. Funnily enough, although She-Hulk is, people are saying that it's not doing very well in the ratings, it has managed to beat the latest Star Wars series, which is ironic considering I think it's the best Star Wars series that Star Wars has ever done. I think I agree. I 100% agree with you. Andor is bloody great Benjamin, so far. I sent you a little text. Yes. I sent you a text the other day and I said, Benjamin, read it out, Ben, because it was, I think... I'll, it, I'll read it out there. You spin your wheels very, very quickly there, will I? I was watching it, it because here's a little tidbit for you, Benjamin. Rogue One is my favourite Star Wars film. Because it's the best. Because it's probably the best one. Um, yeah. I love the idea of the Star Wars universe and don't give a flying shite about the Moni Skywalkers. Yeah, nobody does, Michael. Chosen one storylines are so last year. Lots of people do, Ben. 
Oh, do they? Yeah, many, many, many people do. But oh, okay, fuck them. As you know, no great Star Wars fan am I. Are we? Are we? Are either of us? But Rogue One is my favorite Benjamin because it's a real kind of World War Two style, gross people on a mission film. And the last thing I thought I wanted from it was, what is the history of all these people who are going to die in this big explosion at the end? Go on. And I said to myself, the last thing I want to watch is five years of getting the backstory of every single thing that happened to every single person leading up to Rogue One. Um, So Disney said, actually, that's a fair enough point. We'll just do two seasons. Michael, where did you send me this message? I sent it to you. I sent you a text message, Benjamin. Yes, but you sent it to a group or did you send it to me? Benjamin, that's not good podcasting. Just find it. I'm trying to find it. Find it. I said Blen. I said Blen. Sometimes I misspell your name as Blen. No, you do it on purpose to belittle me, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would be counted. So it's here in in Schaumburg. Yeah, yeah. Blen. I'll do it in my voice, Ben. I think it'll (laughs) have more authenticity. Blen. Have you watched any of Andor? It's all grimy and grubby and everyone is mysterious and miserable. I think you'll like it. And Michael, you were right. I was, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, I like it quite a bit. Um, Michael, it's chiselled out of Blade Runner. Yes, yeah, yeah, very much so. It's, it's, it's the first time, well, first time, it's, it's the first time we've ever gotten a morally ambiguous character out of Star Wars. <laughs> well, Han Solo. Um, yeah, Han Solo is not morally, Han Solo is the, is the 1950s cowboy western version of morally ambiguous. It's like, oh, is he a dickbag? Oh, well, his reputation says he is, but he's never actually done anything all that bad. He's doing lots of smuggling. He's doing lots of, but we never see that, Michael. He shot that Greedo never. fella. That Greedo fella tried to shoot him. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, 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 that's going to kick. That's what's going to get us cancelled. <laughs> um, but come here to me. Yeah, um, it, it's very interesting. Like, so this character, Michael, I'm not sure he's a good guy. No, he's not. He's a real. He's a real bad egg. Cassian Andor's a piece of shit. But yeah, he's, looks he's a real bad egg. Now I'm only two episodes in, Michael. Yeah. So you know, pinch of salt here, and we have to wait and see the whole thing, as we've discussed with you. Mm. But Cassian Shores, he manipulates people, oh, he yeah. borrows money all the time, doesn't pay it back by the looks no, of things. doesn't pay it back. He killed lads. Yeah, two lads, yeah. One of them, one of them execution style. So Disney didn't even give him the, the kind of crash mat of, oh, he did it by mistake. Yeah, the first one was a little bit by mistake, but the second one was like, I better kill this fella or else he'll tell. The second one was like, well, I'm going to have to sort this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Michael, it makes for a great story. Yeah, it's, 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 it's. The most, I mean, Obi-Wan, Ben, no use. Get out of here. I never finished it. it was, I, I was very bored by episode three. It was the moon night of Star Wars. Ugh. Um, Ugh. But this is great so far. This is really, really good so far. It's, uh, it's what I always kind of wanted from a Star Wars, which was, just tell us a side story. The only thing I don't like about it, my only on. gripe with the whole thing, is that it has women in it? It, <laughs> it has the the lady. It has Michael Morbius's wife. I, I don't know who that is. Doctor Morbius, um, the, the the lady, the the mechanic lady. Oh yeah, Bix. Bix, yeah, yeah, yeah. Weeta Bix, yeah. Um, yeah. It has. You don't like her? No, it, I do like her. Yeah, she was uh, she was the love interest in Doctor Morbius. I didn't know that, Michael. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see Morbius. She was. She was the love interest in Dr. Morbius. I thought it was I was Isaac waiting Gonzalez. for it to be brought back in cinemas to go and watch it again. Very good. You haven't seen Dr. Morbius. That's very interesting. Anyway, Ben. No, that's not what I didn't like. What I didn't like is that it's a prequel. If this was just a series and there were new characters, I'd be gone. Yes. Give me some more of this. Give me some of this Blade Runner. Do you want some Blade Runner up in your Star Wars? Because if you want some Blade Runner up in your Star Wars, we've got it for you. And they do a good job. Yeah, they yeah. do a damn good job. If if only it wasn't a prequel. That's the only thing that bothers me. They just they, they can't do it, Michael. They just can't do it. <laughs> just do a thing. Do a new... I mean, The Mandalorian. The, the Mandalorian has even lost its teeth to a certain degree, Michael. You know, there's only so long the cool kind of stranger from outside the town vibe works. And even that's very clean, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very clean. Yeah, this is the we first were, grubby thing. We were promised a lot in the first episode of The Mandalorian. I was reflecting on this recently for no reason whatsoever, Michael. Because mm, you have a podcast, a weekly pop culture podcast. 
yes, that's true. We were promised so much in episode one of The Mandalorian, way back in season one, where he's a man who clearly does whatever the job takes and doesn't get moved at all. Yeah, no, that was lies. But that was immediately changed from the immediate introduction of the child. Mm. The child becomes the top priority from start to finish. And there's never really any conflict between the Mandalorian's, you know, own beliefs of, you know, being merciless and being remorseless and, you know, and then having to push past that. He just instantly becomes a better person by the presence of Baby Yoda. Yeah, because he's a little Baby Yoda. Benjamin, I, I actually don't think, I don't mind that. You could you could argue that's an arc. Okay, go um, on. What I thought where the Mandalorian lost me was, here's Boba Fett, here's Luke Skywalker, here's yeah. Bo-Katan, here's... It's like, oh, I don't care about any of these people. I thought it was just a cool story about the Mandalorian, but it's not. But it's not, it's, and now it's, it's all a, complicated. It's a big Star Wars. Oh, it's a big bloody war in the stars. Yeah, it's a big Star Wars. It was a prequel the whole flipping time. They got me. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Andor is great, though, so far. Yeah, well, more of that. More of that, Michael. Yeah, send us more. Yeah. Do you know what would be grim and gritty, Michael? Probably a bloody zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, too fucking right, too, too fucking right. Um, but come here to me. Go on, come here to me. What is it? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I do very well in a zombie apocalypse, Michael. Benjamin, I don't know if you have many of the skills you'd need. I don't. I don't think I have any of the skills I'd need, Michael. Breathing. Breathing is a good skill. I, I don't have that. Oh, I thought um, you said breathing. I think you know, you'd be alright. No, no, that. no, no. Breathing, Michael. I thought you breathing. Said, I thought you said breathing. I've been taking another breath. You know, um, I don't have that. I don't do that very often. But once every three minutes, very, not great. Yeah, very good. It's very painful. Um, I burn in the sun quite easily. No, that's vampires. You're thinking of vampires again. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah, sorry. Never mind. I probably do all right then. Yeah, you'd be vampire, fine. Yeah, yeah. So I'll probably be okay. Yeah, you'd be all right. Probably be okay. Yeah, Michael. yeah, yeah. Where are you going with this though? Um, Michael, I was thinking there the other day, we've seen a thousand lists, Michael, that are like, uh, you know, which one would be the most easy to survive in? Mm. You know, which zombie apocalypse would be the most easy to survive in? But Michael, I got thinking, which one would you thrive in? And the reason I got uh, the reason I got thinking this, Michael, we got a we got a trailer for Dead Island 2. Dead Island 2, what in the hell is that? Tis a video game, Michael, tis oh, a video go game. Go on. That the lads to be playing off the telly there. Oh yeah. On Twitch. Um, and they keep their video games in the cabinet of curiosities. Very good. And then, right, so it, it's a video game, Michael, and it's it's a classic zombie beat-em-up kind of style one um, where you make your own weapons and you go out and you take out zombies and it's kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek zombie thing because you get, like, combo scores and stuff like that. But the trailer's very interesting, Michael. It features a man living in an L.A. mansion, kind of living it up. Okay. And he has to do an errand for some bloody, uh, for some bloody whiskey. Okay. And, uh, Michael, you have been... Y- y- your spaceship has transported itself into the sun. <laughs> Very bright. <laughs> Very uh, bright where you are. Uh, it's like a scene from Danny Boyle's film Solaris. Sunshine. <laughs> I always mix sunshine. it up with Solaris. You're thinking of Sunshine. <laughs> I'm thinking of Danny Boyle's film Sunshine. <laughs> with Killian Murphy, famous Irish and his boss. Cillian Murphy going mad at the sun. Yeah, look at that sun, <laughs> he says. Ah, look at it. Ugh. Look at that sun there, would you? Um, but yeah, anyway, Michael, he goes out and he has to do an errand to get some stuff. But he's just living up his life, Michael. And he, you know, on his way back, he's waving to his neighbours who are also killing zombies everywhere. It's very entertaining. Michael, where do you think you'd thrive in a zombie universe? What would be a good one? One of the, the, the easiest zombie universe to live in seems to be the zombie universe of, what's it called? The one with Bill Murray. Bloody Zombieland! Oh no, Zombieland! Because yeah. in that Ben, everyone's just having gas crack. It's just the bants, bants of the boys. It seems like if you're any way remotely aware, they're not going to get you in that. Yeah, the the zombies in Zombieland are very non-threatening. What I don't like about the zombies in Zombieland, Michael, is they're inconsistent. Go on. Some of them can run. Yeah. Some of them can't. Yeah. Where do we draw the line on that? What have we got? One of my favourite zombie stories, Benjamin, had an explanation for that. I can't remember what it was. It might have been 28 Days Later, which is a zombie universe you very much don't want to be in. No, that's the, that's that's arguably the wrong one. Yeah, because they're fucking angry. And they're coming the to get you. Yeah. They're not kind of hanging around waiting for you. They're looking for you and they're going to get you and they're going to chase you and they're fast as yeah, fuck. Yeah, they've got rabies, Michael. They've essentially got rabies. They've got the rage. Yes. Not the comic book and vinyl shop from Dublin. 
free advertising there for rage <laughs> congratulations yeah well done lads it's, it's in the it's in the basement Ben but um no they've got the virus but was it that I don't know if it was that but there was some show oh Ben hopefully the listeners can tell me usually when I have yeah. a moment like this the listeners will know there was some show or movie which explained that when you first get the zombie virus you basically mm-hmm. go zombie mad um, yeah and you're like, oh, I'm going to kill everyone. So you become super strong and super fast because the zombie's controlling your brain and doesn't care if it's causing injuries. So you can run faster because if you're damaging uh. the muscles, it doesn't matter because the the yeah. brain is just saying, brains, 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 get them brains. Yeah. Um, but then as decay sets in and as all these injuries accumulate, you end up becoming the more standard... Shuffly. Shuffly zombie because your Achilles tendon is broken and it doesn't matter if you have Mm. a zombie virus or not you can't run fast without an Achilles tendon Hmm. do you get it you see I like it yeah it's one of my favourite explanations for uh, the different types of zombies and I can't remember what it's from sadly that that's a shame I'd like to I'd like to see more of that so in in 28 days later Michael they seem to just keep going Yes, yes. They seem to just be relentless as a horde. And they do that awful hoarding thing that I hate where they're in a massive group and they're just chasing you over a hill. And you don't you don't know how you're gonna beat that, Michael. Just keep running, Ben. What's that coming over the hill? Oh bloody fuck, it's uh, a giant heap of bloody zombies. zombies. One of the <laughs> Again, one of the series that um that really laid into that trope was mm. World War Z. I think the Americans Yeah, so World you had the War big Z. bloody that was weird, man. They started making tendrils of giant zombies, Ben. I, see, I, I was in... So, one of the most interesting things about World War Z, and I think World this is probably where we would have benefited from reading the book, because apparently yeah. the book is phenomenal. I've read it, yeah. But there's... Have you read it? Benjamin, read I, don't want, I don't want to make a big deal of it, yes, but I have read most of the books. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's quite an achievement in nerddom. Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah, 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 yeah. But one of the things I really liked about... Um, World War Z was Brad Pitt puts a couple of magazines in his forearms and he's like, yeah, the human bite's not that big a deal. So, you know, a couple of thick magos and yeah, yeah. Have, uh, have no bother. And I, I kind of liked that. Yeah. I was really into that as a concept. Very clever. But then also, also, zombies can turn into weird giant structures because of what they yeah. are. And yeah, I was just, just like, turn into no. this big evil finger of zombies. No, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> bullshit. A, that's happening in the same universe, is it? Yes, that's happening in the same universe. Magazines are a good deterrent. Yeah. But, the thing about you know. the thing about bite strength, though, Ben, and this is, I, I have a small amount of expertise on this as a former biologist. Is, Go on. Um, recovering mo- biologist, but hmm? yes. Recovering biologist. Recovering biologist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most mammals um, are, the, the, our bodies are self-limiting so that we don't injure ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's where the whole concept of like the superhuman mother, which you know, I don't even believe. I'm not even entirely sure that that does happen. But the the superhuman. What mother, if she was a zombie? No, the superhuman mother whose daughter is trapped under a car and zombies. Yes, are coming. but what if she was a zombie? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the idea of the zombies. If if you turn off that self preservation, if you turn off the the feedback loop that our nerves create when we bite something too hard that it might break our teeth. Yeah. Um, how hard could we bite? Like, how hard physically are the structures capable of biting, even if it would rip the structures apart? So with with humans, if we're biting, first of all, the nerve feedback stops you from going too far. Mm-hmm. Then, like the actual muscles starting to rip, you just physically, your body can't, will not let you do it. But yeah, that doesn't okay. mean it, that doesn't mean it would be physically impossible to do it, which I suppose is the conceit of the zombies of how they can still run when because they're just you know wearing themselves out. Yeah, they're, they're, but but those reactions are turned off. So if a human were to give one big huge bite, um, give their all, so to speak, give their all, literally their all, they're all beyond the level that any human could ever imagine doing, really, because even okay. at the point of like life or death I don't think that humans can do it mm. but zombies probably could could they bite through a couple of magazines I s- still probably, probably not still probably not, I'm I'm still probably not. I don't know we've got that's really good. weak jaws um, well that's good news isn't it so Michael, ideally what we're looking for is is a zombie virus that 
has runners initially yeah on but feet. they get worn out and they just kind of flop about the place yeah that that's the dream for the beginning for us well that but that makes it harder to win at the beginning though you're more likely yeah, so to get killed the, at the beginning then that's the thing because what I've always wanted to do Michael right Go on. what I've always wanted to do if I can get a little boat get out to Skellig Michael but the trick of it is right yeah getting on the boat right but the other trick of it is Ben there's a reason no one lives on Skellig Michael because you can't because you'd just fucking die there <laughs> you wouldn't yeah, die of well. zombies you'd die of falling off the sea like Peg's son Oh, not Peg's. Oh, poor old Peg's son, Michael. Don't bring that up. He was just picking a bit of heather, I haven't had time to heal. <laughs> Off he went. Do you have I any idea what I'm heal. talking about? You do. Yeah, the, the the play Peg. Yeah, the, the book Peg, yeah. yeah. Her son Is it was, not a play? The book. Her son was just picking some heather, Ben. And he pulled too hard. <laughs> Off he went. And off he fucking went and he was dead. You can't live on those islands. They're shite. Benjamin, I got COVID you, on the blaskets. Yeah, you you had a run in with, I was just about to say you had a run in with COVID on the blaskets. Horrible um, stuff. So just just so we're keeping track of this, Michael, we don't want a twenty eight days later. That's worst case scenario. Well, I don't know. I can't remember. In twenty eight weeks later, have the zombies degraded to slow zombies? No, because Robert Carlyle gets bloody chased all over his farm by a big horde of them. Oh yeah, he gets traced across a big bridge. Yeah, big fre- fresh wave, Michael. He barely makes it, mm. and he's a prick. It's, and he's a prick. <laughs> See, this is the thing, Michael. Ethically speaking, yeah. it only works if we have a solid society to be ultra ethical. Go on. And then this is always such an interesting scene because Robert Carlyle in Twenty Eight Weeks Later, absolute prick. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. But also smart. <laughs> Right. So you're saying you would have abandoned your wife and children to escape for yourself. But it's not his child. This is the thing that always gets me. Right? It's not his child. It's it's his wife. His wife wants to save the child out of some sense of restoring the family she lost. And he's like, nah. But it's not his child. That's telling us a lot about you, Ben, to be honest. It does. It It says a lot about me. It tells you a lot about the divorce settlement. But Michael, that's where it gets interesting, isn't it? Because Robert Carlyle is a survivor. Yeah. And in a zombie apocalypse, that's kind of what you want. But you could also argue that Robert Carlyle is not living his best life, Michael. Because, you know, who's going to like Robert Carlyle? No one likes him. No one wants anything to do with him. That's... No one wants anything to do with him because he's a bit of a prick. But what you're hitting on there, Ben, is often the actual nature of the zombies. Every good zombie thing, the real baddies were us. Yeah, so that's why I don't want to be in a Walking Dead universe, my little. Because if you ever meet another human being, they're going to fuck you over. Also, it's going to be real yeah. boring for most of the time with then fits of people dying. Yeah, but you see, the, the other big risk, right? Let's say, let's say you meet somebody, Michael, you fall in love with them, you have a great life, and okay. they die in their sleep, and then suddenly you wake up being chewed on by a zombie. Mm, because Walking Dead introduced the concept that everyone has the zombie virus, and wh- everyone's a zombie. Whether you get bitten by a zombie or not, you're getting the zombie virus when you die. Yeah. I thought that was the very interesting. Virus. That was a nice little twist on the zombie mythos. But terrifying. Because you can never live in a community again, Michael. Elphala dies. Oh, zombie. Zombie. In the bin. And see, you couldn't have old people. So you'd end up reverting to a <laughs> Logan's Run zombie universe. <laughs> you couldn't have old people. <laughs> Fucking hell. This, Not old people or kids I mean. or wives. I see what you're saying. But then. this... What I'm what I'm saying here, Michael, is there's no quality of life to those universes because you're not allowed to form bonds or build communities because if you're focused on being a survivor, mm. these are the things you have to take into account. You can't have any old people because old people die in their sleep. Mm. And then you've got a zombie on the loose. Uh-oh. It was like that awful scene from The Walking Dead. I think it's in season four or something. The young fella dies in the shower. And then he's just out and about in the prison. Oh yeah, and everyone's like, chomping on right? people. And he's like, I think he might be a zombie. I think he, I think he might be a bloody, a bloody zombie. He's like, bloody... but he didn't get bit. How mm. did that happen? Mm. And he's like, oh no, oh, we're all zombies, really. We're all zombies, really. In There's many no ways, way. we're the Walking Dead. Everybody was Michael. That was it in the end, really, wasn't it? That was that was the whole thing. But like, I'm trying to think. So, Zombieland is really at the top of our list there, Michael. Are there any other big zombie universes? Yeah, you're going to survive. Okay? You're going to survive in Zombieland. You're going to be grand. I'm just going to go and find you. You're going to be my Tallahassee. Yeah, but look, Benjamin, I think it's one a situation where the Americans definitely have the right idea. Guns. Because they're going to have a lot more guns than us. <laughs> what are we going to be killing zombies with? Barbed comments? 
God, stingers. Yeah, just fucking get Oscar Wilde taking them down the peg. Can you imagine just quipping his way through his own? Yeah. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're just going to have to stab them with uh, long hoes. Golf clubs, Michael. Golf clubs. Golf yeah. clubs. No, golf clubs, no use, Ben. Why not? To Golf club will bend. Hurls? Have you ever read the How to Survive the Zombie, Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks? I haven't, actually. So that's a great book, and it's really on, on topic with uh, what we're talking about. And he goes through weapons in that. And right. He, he comes up at the end of it that the best weapon is the Shaolin Shovel. What is a Shaolin Shovel? The Shaolin Shovel is kind of a... It's a combination of a kind of an axe, a shovel, and a kind of a trench tool. Very good. And he comes up with that's probably the best. It has a spike on it, and it has a it has a sharp edge, and you can use it as a tool. But a hurl, Benjamin, an, an Irish traditional hurl. Yeah. You could probably, probably kill a man with a hurl. Yeah. Um. One though. Then it'll break. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not going up against a horde like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know any sort of um, any sort of zombie show where they don't take that into into consideration always disappoints me. I I think you know the baseball bat is such a classic zombie bashing tool. You know, um, but if you look at the Shaun of the Dead universe, I think that's the most realistic depiction. It takes them fucking ages to pummel that barn into death. Absolutely ages. And they're hitting them with all the wrong things. Again, I think it's better to set your zombie apocalypse in the UK than in America because guns are so rare. Guns are rare, though. You're not going to you're not going to run into it in the same level. Yeah. Uh, Very weird stuff, Michael. Baseball bat, though, Ben, realistically, realistically. Probably kill five or six people with a baseball bat before it's going to break. But the five or six isn't enough, Michael. You've got a horde in your That's hands. what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And you're not taking zombies out with a single hit with a baseball bat either. That, see, that's the other myth, right? You see all these lads who've got, like, the Babe Ruth swing and they're just taking them clean off. That's not how it works. Well, I mean, have you ever seen the actress Emma Stone? I have, yeah. Is Emma Stone ran past me fleeing and took a kind of perfunctory swipe with a baseball bat? It would probably hurt, me a normal man but I just go ow Emma Stone <laughs> but it kills zombies somehow what'd you do that for what'd you do that for Emma Stone I thought you were sound I actually liked The Amazing Spider-Man too. <laughs> got a whack of a baseball bat for it Michael yeah. Michael come here to me go on come here to me what is it we could spend all day doing this oh, yeah, we okay. do a pop culture podcast yeah, 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 and we, we love do. the sound of our own voices love- but listeners what have we missed what do the what, listeners what, what, think what, where do you think you'd have the best quality of life? Would you leave your wife and kids? Oh, absolutely, Would yeah. you murder the old people in your life? 100%. Everyone, everyone would just be like, get rid of them. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a few places you can let us know your horrific opinions on zombie apocalypse survival. We're on the interwebs at www.shomrabiog.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. Does indeed. You can find us on the interwebs at. Oh no, you can find us on the Instagram at Your Luxurious Podcast. You can always up to date with the latest in zombie warnings. Yep, absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at ListenSure. ListenSure. But the best way to keep up to date on how to survive a zombie apocalypse is to get up on that Discord, baby. Hop up on it. Yeah, you can join us in a week's time, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to be taking a look at the best modern Lovecraft, Lovecraftian adaptations. And we're not looking primarily at Lovecraftian kind of titles like an El Cthulhu and stuff like that we're looking at the concept of bloody Lovecraftian horror weird creepy slimy horrory stuff Ooh. from the other world and how and how that's sprinkled into different things Mm-mm. feels like we've done like that Christian- episode before ladies and gentlemen but maybe that's part of the horror Yes, you have to relive bloody two two aging men who can't figure out new content. Ah, did we talk about this before? I don't remember. Maybe I'm going mad. <laughs> the, re- the real horror. You can also hear our other podcast this very Wednesday. We'll be taking a look at Fantastic Four Full Circle, which we were supposed to do last Wednesday, but we just didn't. We forgot. We literally forgot then. The two of us forgot. Literally forgot. It was a podcast first. It wasn't our best work. Um, Right, that's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Talk to you next week. Watch out for the spooks.